Westbros. Westbros. That's our intro now. We just say the word Westbros and then let a heavy silence hang in the air. It's going to be this big. This is the future. This is the future, this is the future of, of Westbros. Is Westbros. It's the future of content, McLean. It's going to be great. Forget everything you knew about quality content. Because Westbros is here to turn it on its head. And make you look like a dumb, stupid idiot. Don't you feel silly now? McLean... I am a serious adult man who watches big boy adult films where, where guys in spandex punch each other. Now you might say that this is a children's genre and that I am, I, as I would a not say adult that. male, as a grown adult male, I would be, I should, I should be at least a little ashamed of the fact that I am watching movies whose uh, target audience is, uh, you know, six-year-olds, or at least people with a six-year-old mindset. Now, you, you said this to me, and I take great offense, because I, now I have to justify and rationalize my uh, bad habit, which I, I don't want to admit that it's a bad habit. I, I want to I go around pretending that I'm a big boy. I got a big brain, and this is actually, this is a genre for adults, McLean, because actually, you know, adults, they can watch whatever movies they want. You're, you're, you're just a miserable, sad adult, McLean. You're a miserable, pathetic loser who thinks they can control what other people watch. Hmm? Like, you think you can make me be, like, you want to you wanna turn me into, like, a boy at all? No. No, McLean. See, I, I can remember, watch whatever I want. I don't remember I'm an, saying I'm that. I'm an adult. But... Real adults, McLean, here, here's the thing. Real adults can watch baby movies. And they're not baby movies, because adults are watching them. Is it a baby product of an adult? No. No, McLean. So show me some respect, thank you very much. I hope uh, I hope I see yes, you sir. in line at the next Avengers movie with me, McLean. I You better be, be right, right there with side. me. Alright? Now that I've now that I've shown you to be a little silly boy. Us adult men, mature men, are going to go see the new Spooder Moon movie. And I would yes. appreciate it if you would keep your comments to yourself. And also, no spoilers. If you spoil the movie, I will kill you. And I say that unironically. So. This is that. Wait, wait, Maybe they'll have four Spooderman right in this I movie. It's all I still think that I derive meaning from is waiting for the next uh, multi gajillion dollar movie that was the same as every single multi gajillion dollar movie that came before it. But, um. <clears throat> I'm feeling very judged by you, McLean. Stop looking. This is gonna be that. very. This is gonna be very different. But you know, you know where I, where I, you know, I was because I was I was getting the, some of the same comments like McLean. Why are you going to see Cars Five when you're an adult, McLean? Why are you going to see Incredibles, the Incredibles Four as a child, McLean? Now I gotta see the world. Cars the world. Five. <laughs> but I was I was feeling a little McLean, insecure about this. I was feeling a little bit insecure about this too. But I I found this handy handy website. I don't know if you've ever heard of it. It's called Red Ed. Red Ed? Red Ed. Is it Red French? Red Ed? I think so. I think so. I'm sick of toilet um, paper, so I bought a Red <laughs> I was able to. I was able to join these communities, these subredes, and um, <laughs> I was able to, you know, they really, really helped me affirm everything I already believed. If anything, they uh, re... re... If anything, they reinforce my previously held beliefs. Just when I thought wait, I might wait. have to reassess went, my positions wait, 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 on wait. things, I'm. You went to the internet to be told you were right already and don't need to change. That's odd. I've never heard of somebody. The craziest doing that. thing turns out, I was actually right about everything all along. That's nuts. I didn't. I didn't see that one coming, but yeah, sure enough, you know, I, I go onto Rude here and uh, everything that I believed, uh, a bunch of other people believed too, meaning therefore that it is the correct correct opinion to hold. 
course. Um, so now, as you're aware, Jake, speaking of speaking of being reaffirmed, as you're aware, um, the holidays were recent. I don't know. I don't know if you've heard about them, but there were some holidays recently. And especially going over to visit Bronson and Sarah, and yourself, of course, in uh, Eugene, Oregon, I, uh, you know, I kind of, kind of let let some uh, let it slip. I, I, uh, I ate a lot. I'll be honest, I ate a lot. Um, oh yeah, was it? What, did you realize you were eating so a lot if, when we were driving down the highway and you were eating the whole box of Captain Crunch? And you went, "Hey, Jake, I need to pick up some snack cakes from the Seven Eleven." And also, um, what? <laughs> And I get a what, a, what a, I don't know, man. You were, you were cramming every single possible carb you could get into your face. Hey, hey, easy. That sounds a little bit judgmental. I'll have you know, Jake. Um, I recently found this um, r slash body acceptance form, and it turns out health and weight are not correlated. In fact, it's actually more unhealthy to not accept the way my body looks and try to diet to change that. Oh, so instead, I've decided phrase. to Wait, just kind of... I have a handy phrase you can use to do this. You say mental health. Exactly. That's what I'm saying. So, uh, for example, here on r slash body acceptance, user FatsoMorgan uh, <laughs> posts sweet-scented wildflower. There's a quote by Bo Taplin. Listen to me. Your body is not a temple. Temples can be destroyed and desecrated. Your body is a forest. Thick canopies of maple trees and sweet-scented wildflowers sprouting in the underwood. You will grow back over and over, no matter how badly you are devastated. I now have a wildflower tattoo because of this quote. I have always been so down on myself because of my body, and have never truly accepted it. I have always been concerned about what I'm eating, how much I weigh, and what I look like in the mirror. It obviously took a toll on my mental and physical health, but this quote helped me realize that no matter how low I get, I can and will always ride back up. I also want everyone to know that we are all sweet-scented wildflowers, always growing back. <laughs> so Jake, since realizing that I was a sweet-scented wildflower, uh, <laughs> yep. I came to the conclusion that it wasn't just enough to, to be satisfied or to be content with the body that I'm in. In fact, I have to ex I have to love my body no matter what it looks like or no matter what uh, quote-unquote health uh, positions I'm in. Um, so me and my fellow sweet-scented wildflowers here on r slash body acceptance, uh, we, we've, uh, you know, we've, uh, we've done, come a long way. And, you know, with 48,000 members, this isn't the biggest subreddit. Um, fortunately, we are the biggest subredditor. <laughs> You're not the biggest yeah. subreddit. You are the biggest subredditors. I see. That's a good, that's so, a good catchphrase. I... Under under my um, under my uh, username r slash more coffee please ninety, uh, there were eighty nine other more coffee pleases. I I swear popular popular username. Uh, I asked kind of asked the forum sort of an open open ended question. I'm like, how to deal with harsh comments from your own mother? Uh, I was about to post here yesterday, but even after reading through all the rudes, I somehow managed to break one of them. Apologizes for that. Hard emoji. Let's try again. You say? Uh, Apologizes for that. That's, that's what it says. Apologizes. As a grown adult, McLean, I can write like I am an infantilized five-year-old. Like whatever. You know. Remember a few years ago, I can has cheeseburger. I just write like that now as an adult, and I feel no shame. No shame. Amen, brother. I am looking for tips on how to deal with some harsh comments from your family. I'm 31F. Yeah. <laughs> and in some sort of a crisis with my mother, who is not, who is just not understanding my point at all. 
We've just had a massive argument over my body as I have once again told her she is not allowed to comment on my weight or appearance. <laughs> See, it's my body, and she honey, does not control it. Honey, you're, you're Fortunately, you I do control what she says. I do control what she says. Look, honey, you broke the scale this morning. Uh, you put a big, huge crack in the floor when you got out of bed. Mom, you are not allowed to comment on my weight or my body. Bigot. So, I think I kind of lost it today when she posted the same old stuff to our family WhatsApp group. You know, I went into West, the Westbrook's WhatsApp group chat, which, by the way, Alexander Humble is not a part of, remember that in. And I found some, some horrible, horrible things. Sending me just another link to join an online diet plan, this time in front of the whole family. I've been through the same thing with her so many times throughout my life, I now finally told her that I believe this has all started in my childhood. I oh. said I don't want to blame her because her intentions have been good, but it's but like, impossible I... to ignore the fact that my experiences in childhood have affected my relationship with food, yes, my confidence, also... and mental health. Ding, ding, ding. There it is. Mental health. There you go. Here's the thing. Um, I don't think this person's mother, or your mother, was, was this your post that you wrote? Was that, was I miss that? This was mine, yeah. I'm, I'm using right. more coffee, please, than I your need. mother, your mother has uh, understood the fact that we now live in a time when you are not allowed to, um, to, to tell someone that they, they need to change in a public setting. Like, you're not allowed to do that. I mean, not even in a private setting, either. Any kind of, you cannot tell anyone that they should change. You are, you are a jerk if you do that. You know, it's not, oh, you think you, you care about this person and you want to, you want them to better themselves. No, you actually hate them if you want them to change. Because, think about it, if you want them to be different than what they are, that means you don't like what they are now. That means you hate them. So why are you doing that? You're a jerk. Do not ever I, say any- oh, I could not hey, agree more. The biggest jerks, McLean, are people who want you to change. They're the biggest jerks. They, they're the weird ones for thinking that you should change. They're the weird ones. Honestly, okay? we if we can just them. get these people to change they their minds about wanting us to change, I think I think that would that would go a long way. But yes, I couldn't agree more. If you want me to change or better myself, that is implying that I'm a piece of crap right now and you hate me. So you want me to die, basically. Uh, and of course I called my mom out on this and she says this has now hurt her feelings and she's accusing me for blaming her of the, on the situation. Basically, I've always been pushed to join diets and lose weight. My mom made me join Weight Watchers when I was 16. The age limit is 18, but they allowed me in. After that, I tried multiple different diets and always failed, obviously. Always left me feeling like a failure and my mom always reminds me of it comments about my weight and how I need to do something about it. And it always hurts, and she knows it. Get, get when I lived abroad, she used to send me stuff by mail. Do, like, <laughs> and the parcel always had a weight loss okay. article in it. I can't do it any longer. What I want... You can't process the carbs. What I want is to work on my effed up relationship with food, but how can I do it when my own mom just won't stop doing this? My family is the best, really. I have a, had a lovely childhood, etc. But this has left me scarred. Yeah, that's right, I had a lovely childhood, but I am scarred for life. And I would like to think that they only mean good, which is what makes this difficult. I've tried to explain to mom how much it hurts, and that her comments don't help at all, but she does not get it. Her final argument is always, quote, but it's a health risk. This time she said that the only thing to help me will be a surgery if I don't diet well enough. How do I deal with this? It's my body, it's my life, I'm 31, FFS. And I still feel so awful. Been down to the memory lane today, and gosh, it hurts. I hope this all made sense. My brain is so foggy today. Um, you lied about your. And then, of course, I had a, I had a quite a few helpful comments. User two cats no heart uh, commented. I think you need to start adjusting your narrative around your childhood. 
Uh, you didn't Absolute have a lovely solution. childhood. That was the whole problem there. It's the narrative around your childhood. It's not the fact you that you experienced eat every day. It's, uh... You experienced sustained control and manipulation around your body and appearance that affected you negatively and profoundly and with which you're still reckoning. Your mom isn't wonderful except for this thing. This abuse and control is part of her behavior. Of course. You get to put in boundaries that keep you safe, even if they hurt her, even if they don't make sense to her. You don't owe her an explanation she refuses to hear. So that was that was quite an eye-opening eye-opening statement to me, to, for me to read, uh, coming to terms with the fact that my mom, who I thought was like cared about me and gave me a good childhood, but was a little mean about my weight. Turns out she's actually horribly abusive, and frankly, I probably should just cut her off entirely from my life. This was a sentiment echoed, Stop of course, by user Stop Major it. Stressor who said, this is my exact thought when I read your statement about your childhood. Your mom is out of line for crossing your clear boundary on commenting on your body. You get to decide what the consequences are for her every time she does this. I'm thinking of like spritzing her with like a water bottle maybe, or every time she comments on my weight, or, or maybe like putting See, her in I'm... a, putting her in a kennel, you know? Here in, uh, here in Digital Babylon, uh, I, I love you here because now I can reshape reality. And if you refuse to conform to my reality, I'm just cutting you out of my life. Because here in Digital Babylon, um, these random strangers that I only see as words on a screen, they're my family now. You don't get to be part of my family. I have redefined what a family uh, exactly. is. So get out of here, Mom. Okay, get out of here, Dad. Yeah, right, and leave. The, I and get, this Reddit I user... get to make reality user. Scram. This Reddit user here was... Uh, was a big help. They said, uh, the WhatsApp thread body shaming is unbelievably hurtful. I'm glad that they knew that because, I mean, that was something that happened to me, but they apparently were aware of how hurtful that was. Uh, I probably wouldn't talk to someone for months or if not longer if they did that to me. I'm so sorry you experienced that. M. Uh, do you have access to mental health support like a therapist? Uh, this has been extremely helpful for me in my life, both with my relationship to myself and body, and dealing with idiot boomer parents who need boundaries drawn like they're an effing toddler. Boomer! Uh, sending a big hug your way. So sorry you're dealing with this upsetting situation. And that hug, that hug really helped me out quite a bit. Um, you know, I responded and said, uh, thanks See, for this, no, it's been I'll so hard. What, I feel like these realizations boomers. are a good start. It's, it's these boomers that are really the problem because, and I think I think I figured out why they were the last generation that grew up without uh, without without the computer, without a digital Babylon, and now they want to ruin everything for everyone because they can't adjust to this new society. Well, guess what? We're leaving you behind, boomers. Get out of here. All right, get online or get run over. That's what I say. Actually, don't get online. That's, that's exactly what I'm get saying. Get out of here. And you know, actually, um, not to, you not do to get online, you post right wing memes, and I don't like them. So scram. Not, Let's go not to belabor the... Is that a threat? Is that a threat, Boomer? Huh? <laughs> Trying to keep this discussion about my post here concise, but uh, user Midas Complex here posted a very a very uh, an insightful reply. Because, uh, you know, I was... Uh, even with my mom's comments about it, I was still, like, focusing on how, like, being fat for me was bad. Um, but Midas Complex replies and says, I don't know how useful this will be, but I've recently gained quite a bit of weight after starting on a new medication. I was looking for things to boost my acceptance of this, as it's unrealistic to expect to lose this weight, and I found oh, a yeah. podcast called, called The Maintenance Phase. It's about wellness, health, and diet from a position of science-based understanding and draws heavily from the experiences of one of the hosts, Aubrey, who's 300 plus pounds and has been fat since she was young. 
She talks about going to Weight Watchers as a child of about 12, and how that impacted her self-esteem and experiences growing up. problem. This is Weight Watchers. Weight Watchers doesn't work. You're trying to count calories? There's your issue right there. No, 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 no. It's not... Jake, the problem is not just Weight Watchers. I'll have you know this problem extends well beyond just Weight Watchers. In fact, I don't know how useful this will be, Midas Complex says, but they talk a lot about the myth that being fat is bad for you. If your ah, mom is trying to make you okay. lose weight because she thinks it's unhealthy, then maybe try listening to a couple of their it's episodes not... to get some alternative, informed perspectives. So it's not that I was given bad weight loss advice, it's that actually, fat be good, yo. Exactly, exactly. Uh, the episodes probably most for- useful for you are, is being fat good for you, the obesity epidemic, and anti-fat bias. Ah, but the so hosts the other are day, super charming, like... and I'd recommend all of their episodes. The other day, what happened to me was uh, my car broke down, and a uh, guy said, Hey, you know what you should do is uh, you should uh, pour gasoline into the um, the radiator. Try doing that. So I did that. It really didn't work. So I decided the solution must be I'm, I'm supposed to have a broken car. Actually, it's good that my car doesn't work. Couldn't agree more. Uh, oh, what's this? It seems, uh, let's see. Someone commented on this. Comment removed by moderator. Moderator Ms. Moose says rule three banned. Another comment removed by moderator. Ms. Moose says yawn. Comment removed by moderator. Please don't argue with trolls. Just hit the report button and we'll throw out the trash. Comment removed by moderator. Comment removed by moderator. Get out of here! Scram! Stupid trolls! Ah, about anybody who challenges my self-centered narcissistic worldview that I am, you know, perfect and you are the one who needs to change. Anyone who challenges that? Troll. Get out of here, troll. You are so meaningless to me that I will refer to you as a subhuman creature. That is how little I value your opinion, you troll. Uh, let's see what rule three was that got that person banned. Uh, rule three on the r slash body acceptance says this is not a debate sub. This is not a place to debate issues like porn or male circumcision. Uh, what? Uh, this is not a place to argue about whether certain people are healthy. Uh, concerned trolls and I just want to have a discussion trolls will be banned without warning. Concerned huh. trolling. Yeah, see, if you think that I'm doing something bad and you're concerned about me, you're just concerned trolling. It's because you hate I am a little curious you as to how... As to how porn and male circumcision came up in this uh, discussion, but that, that's that's know, to aid you, McLean, to aid you in your quest for body acceptance, because I know you want help. I, I found a wonderful website I for do. you called uh, twofatprofessors.com. Oh, now, okay. You may think, oh, oh, this whole body acceptance thing—it's not rooted really in science. Well, guess what? We got a couple of scientists here about to give you some facts, McLean. These are two fat professors. Mm. Let's go over to about us. Uh, Dr. Lori Cooper. Dr. Cooper, this is a this is a scientist, McLean. She's a professor of sociology. Uh, they're both women, by the way. I, I'm sure you're surprised to hear that. Uh, she's a professor of sociology at the University of. Well, I'm sure the. Uh, okay, well. Okay, so maybe she's not like a you know a, a, a car data crunching scientist, but sociology is still uh, science, right? I'm sure it is. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. She earned a PhD in sociology and graduate concentration in women's and gender studies from Loyola. She specializes in social inequalities in education, gendered violence, and fat studies. She's the author of two books, Race and Gender in the Classroom, and Should <laughs> Schools Be Colorblind? Question mark. I bet the answer's no. That's just a crazy, <laughs> crazy thought. 
Um, so that's that's her. The other doctor. I think schools should treat people differently based upon their their race. I, I think that's a good idea. Yeah, I have separate drinking fountains. I say, uh, Doctor Darcy Thon. She's also a a, a sciencey scientist. She does a lot of science. McLean. She's a much professor. like myself. She is a professor of of English and the first year writing program coordinator at the University of Wisconsin La Crosse. Uh, she earned a PhD in rhetoric and composition. Her areas of specialization include writing program administration, composition pedagogy and assessment, fat studies, gender studies, and queer studies, McLean. So mm. I, I hope you're ready to get blasted with a huge laser beam of science, okay? I'd like to be woke. You you feel a little sleepy right now, McLean? Because I'm about to wake you up. I'm about to splash cold water on your face. Please, please do. Plash the, p- splash that cold, hard, fat reality right on me, man. Let's see. The blog doesn't go back for... It looks like it was really only up for about a year, I guess. I wonder if they ran out of stuff no to say. Let's see here. The first post. Fat is a social justice issue, too. Mm, mm. I couldn't agree more. Fiddle load. Here we go. Uh, this is from 2019. This blog post is based on a larger work I wrote, blah, blah, blah. Studies continue to show, McLean, that like other marginalized groups, fat people experience discrimination. Yet, despite mm-hmm. the fact that fat phobia in the U.S. has always been intimately connected to other oppression systems, like racism, Couldn't sexism, agree more. classism, and homophobia, those of us engaged in social justice work often fail to acknowledge that fat is a social justice issue too. Now, this may be because unlike other identities, we think of fat as a choice, and more to the point, we think of fat as a bad choice. Here's the, here's the great thing, McLean. Whenever you say, hey, um, your your lack of personal responsibility or your skewed morals uh, uh, have led to you declaring that you're you're gay or you're you're gonna yeah you're a man and you're gonna marry a man or you're just gonna get fat or you're gonna whatever or you're gonna you're gonna go commit crimes or something. Now you said I might be you know due to my personal choice. Well, actually, McLean, the only reason I'm gay is because I was born with it. It's not a choice, actually. And also the um, reason I'm gay is because I'm fat. The reason I'm committing crimes is not because I'm a, you know, I've a skewed moral compass. It's because of um, white people being racist. That has led to an environment where I have to commit crime now, just uh, because. And if and you're profiling me, that's why I'm getting arrested. It's it's because of you. This actually this is your problem. So this is outside of my control. And now, now we're working on it, McLean. It's going to be a couple of years before we get this institutionalized. But now being fat, also outside of my control. Any problem you think I have? No, 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 no. Not actually my fault. Actually, these are good things. They're past my control, okay? I can't control these things. It's it's crazy, isn't it? It's crazy. Mm, mm. My actions are completely out of my control. This is a very empowering mindset, McLean. You don't understand. Uh, I, uh, Jake, I, if I can interrupt you for real quick, I, uh, I was I was digging through to find some more fat acceptance forms, and I just uncovered one that was just a bunch of naked fat women. So, oh. I'm sorry, McLean. I love white Reddit. That is that is that was my conclusion. Man, what a what a sight. Uh, here's another post from two fat professors. Too much? No, not enough. It, it seems like I've always been too fat too loud, too opinionated, or judgy, a word my daughter uses to describe me. I have too many feelings, Mm. and I express them in too many ways to make people feel uncomfortable. I am, quote, 
extra, another term for me in Emily's lexicon. And while Emily generally uses these terms affectionately, the truth is I've spent far too much of my life trying to change these things to make someone else happy. I've spent too much of my life trying to make myself smaller in so many tired and cliched ways that somebody else wouldn't feel threatened or intimidating. And even today, as a grown A 45-year-old woman spelled with an X with a PhD after my name. Has a PhD but can't spell. A sad state of affairs. Womanxen? Womanxen? It is here that I must pause and tell you that it was at exactly this point when I was laughing at the Womanxen that I, I hit my desk a couple times and that seems to have jarred loose a cable on my microphone. So from here on out, my audio, absolutely unlistenable. So, uh, have fun with that. Get out now if you have to. It was those darn Womanxen, man. They messed me up. Womixen! As a Womixen, McLean. Womixen? Womixen. I still spend more time than I'm comfortable admitting watching what I say and how I say it. Could I have said that differently? Did I use the right tone? Was I too assertive? Did I take up too much space? Look, okay. In the midst of this global pandemic, I am making a dent in my reading list in between trying to figure out how to teach classes online. Uh, blah blah blah. The books I'm reading span several different genres, all of them the theme of too muchness, taking too much space. Women are not supposed to take up space, period. So fat women, by their very existence, take up way too much space. Fat women, who are unapologetically fat, take up all the D space in the room. So, um... It's just this attitude of, oh, 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 you think I should, you know, you think I should, uh, watch what I say, you think I should be polite, you think I should, uh, not, uh, you know, require... You're just trying to oppress me, aren't you? You think I should not require a crane to lift me into things, you know? You think, you think I should be able to fit through the door? Well, guess what? I McLean? see what you're Actually, trying to do here. Actually, I'm gonna take up as much space as humanly possible. You think I'm a greedy, fat, disgusting pig? Well, now I'm gonna be even more of a greedy, fat, disgusting pig, and that'll show you. That'll show you. Let's be clear about something. Oh, sorry, Jake. I was uh, I got distracted for a second. I was reading this Reddit post about lack of representation for small-chested fatties. So, uh, oh, those poor small-chested uh, fatties. That's that's very sad. Those, please, Look, can we can we get some representation for the small-chested fatties? From the, Their words. From the very beginning, my work and the work I do with Darcy on this website has been the target of conservative and alt-right sites, both well-known and moisture, as well as neo-Nazi chat rooms hiding on the dark web. If you don't like me, McLean, if you think I'm wrong, ooh, you're a little Nazi boy, aren't you? Yeah, you're a little Nazi. You're a little. You're a little. You're like a little mini Hitler. Look out! I used the the N-word, Nazi. There we go. All, all criticisms you have mm -hmm. against me, I can respond with, oh, you're being a little Nazi. Because uh, the Nazi is... That's the Nazis were notoriously fatphobic. Yeah, that's my uh, boogeyman, McLean, because, uh, you know, I need a boogeyman. Now, we can't talk about... So here's the thing I don't like talking about, McLean, as a fat activist, or, in, or just any kind of uh, social justice activist, is the idea that communism had a much higher body count than Nazism ever dreamed of. But, you know, uh, I like using the word Nazi because it more effectively conveys what I think you are. Because... <clears throat> the, uh, the like body me personally, count of or communism. Now to think about it was actually sort of the direct result 
of all of these beliefs that I hold, but I don't really want to talk about that. Uh, Nazism. I, I like to embrace this cartoony version of evil, where like these jackbooted thugs are gonna are gonna um, um, decide to do a holocaust on on specific people because they they don't like them. That's I like that idea better. Right after they build a, a base on the moon, the Nazi moon base. Yeah, that's what I like. You're a Nazi, McLean, so shut up. I'm just no, saying, these people love Nazi. Nazism. They love it because it's the perfect, it's like the perfect little boogeyman for them. They don't want to talk about, you know, things that are much worse than Nazism, like, you know, communism, because that's actually the direct result of... But Nazism, McLean, should be very scared. I think, I think America, we, we need to be on, our, on alert, McLean. I think America is this close to becoming a, a Nazi country. Yeah, we gotta be careful. It's, it's right around the corner, I'm told. I'm told this is gonna happen. So we need to be fighting mm-hmm, these bigots mm-hmm. out in the streets. I constructed an imaginary enemy in my head, McLean, to justify my depravity. So, you know, don't worry. Look, we are targeted, not just because we are Wamixin, or even just because we are fat Wamixin, but because we are fat Wamixin professors who engage in social justice research, teaching and activism to Fat Wamixin professors who unapologetically speak out against injustice equals too much. How terrible, McLean, how now, terrible should I be that you took time out of your day professor. to craft a piece of hate mail and send it out into the universe to two Wamixin he doesn't even know just to let us know we crossed a line? What, to let us know we forgot our place? To let us know you know more than we do about a subject that we have academic credentials on our side? Just to let us know that we should be ashamed of who we are and make ourselves smaller, quieter, more acceptable for the fatphobic diet culture? In other words, normative world in which we live? Yeah, file that under. I'll get right on that. Never. Couldn't agree more. Don't improve yourselves, because you don't need to be improved. The implication of improving yourself means that you, that that person is a Nazi that thinks you need to die. So. Here's a very sad tale from twofatprofessors.com. It happened. Flying. While fat. I grew up in a working class family and... <laughs> Somehow I don't see this story ending well. Uh, blah, blah, blah. I had children, and September 11th happened, and all within a four-year period, I started thinking about my mortality. I developed a fear of flying, or rather a fear of dying in a plane crash. I would still fly when I had to, but 20 years later, the reason for my fear of flying has changed. It now revolves around whether or not my body will spill into the seat next to me. Seats and airplanes have gotten smaller over the years, but bodies have not. Terrorists? Kid stuff. My fat rolls spilling out into the aisles? That's truly terrifying stuff. And whether the person seated there will be accommodating or whether or not my seatbelt will fasten. In the past couple of years, I've taken the flying first class when I can, not because I have lots of money to blow. I mean, I teach at a state institution and I have kids to support. McLean, teachers are underpaid. As they are the real heroes, we should be giving them more money. Teachers are the real heroes, yes, I... Because I won't have to worry about being seated right next to someone. The wider seat is more comfortable for my body, and I know I'll be able to fasten the seatbelt. Truth be told, the seatbelt thing has been my biggest concern when it comes to flying. And then, of course, it happened. I have to say, of all the times I've been on planes, uh, I, I have never... That, that seatbelt, it's just a regular seatbelt. How... I've often wondered, like, how fat you really have to be in order for the airplane seatbelt not to work for you. I mean, anyway. Last month, I had to fly to California and no other way of transportation was feasible. I upgraded to first class and, while our family budget took a hit, I was thankful it only cost me 350 to do so. 
There are almost no direct flights out of La Crosse unless you're flying to Minneapolis, Chicago, or Detroit, so one has to fly in a tiny regional jet to these three destinations for the main link of the trip. In recent months, I've heard from a couple people that they blah blah blah, don't care, don't care, don't care. <laughs> blah 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 blah. To recap, to try to ensure as pleasant a flight for myself as possible, I was already out $350 of my own money and was driving two hours out of my own way to avoid being on an aircraft that was not accommodating for fat flyers. Not to mention, I also had to account for why I paid for the upgrade when submitting my paperwork for reimbursement. Here, one runs into the awkwardness of having to explain why you're not flying coach when everyone else was doing so. While I wasn't compelled to offer an explanation, I shared with the person completing the paperwork that as a fat person, it is an issue of accommodation. Man, I feel like... Seems like there should be a solution to this problem, but you know, I've, I've racked my brain for a while now, McLean. I, I can't think of a single thing you can do to prevent this. I don't know. Um, I... <laughs> well, first off, write down weight loss, and then cross that out, because we know that's impossible. Look, on the last leg of the trip, I had to travel on one of these tiny jets. I was grateful to see I had no one sitting next to me. As the plane was so small, there were only three seats to a row, one to blah 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 blah. I was grateful that my rear end fit in the seat. But then I went to fasten my seatbelt. I tugged and tugged. I sucked in my gut, but try as I might, that seatbelt was not gonna latch. Out of the corner of my eye, I caught a male-identifying passenger. I can't call them men, or I guess Mixon? I can't call them Mixon, McLean. Mixon? A Mixon-identifying passenger. Watching with curiosity, or was it amusement? A moment of panic washed over uh -oh. me as I, I briefly contemplated whether I could fly without my seatbelt fastened. I mean, I did have my trench coat laying over my lap with the flight attendants really come to inspect whether it was fastened. Had they ever done that before? Would, would this guy watching me across what? the aisle tattle on me? I'm very offended. I wish you would say Gixai instead of guy. Gixai? That would be helpful. Wait, is the is the issue here that they she didn't fasten her seatbelt? With the Gixai watching from across the... Apparently, we only need to censor the word men when uh, when it's part of the word women. Because you're, you're defining yourself by your relationship to men when you say women. That's why I think that's why you have to put the X there. Also, McLean, I just learned this today. Course, uh, we now refer to white people as white people, except we spell it Y-T. White. Yeah, YouTube people. That's what I... That's <laughs> what I was called. That's the thing now. Yesterday, today, guess, people. Uh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> This is ridiculous, I said, as I quietly realized, and, and I waited for a flight attendant to approach, and when she did, I asked if she had any seatbelt extender. She smiled at me, and returned with it, and I fastened it into place. It was a short 30-minute flight, but I was awash in emotions the whole time. I couldn't help but feel as if I'd reached some kind of fat milestone. Having to ask for that seatbelt extender was a public acknowledgement that I didn't fit. But let's be clear, I haven't fit since I was nine years old, but there remains this part of me. <laughs> just no matter how much work I've done on fatness and body liberation, that still just wants to fit. It was also a relief. It's like when you fear something happening, and then it does, and you made it through it, and it wasn't the worst thing in the world. Now, I also felt a lot of guilt for having these emotions, because I should know better. And I felt enormous empathy when I thought of all the folks, rather than I, folks spelled with an X. I didn't realize KS was yeah, offensive, yeah. and now we need to replace that with an X, too, but X is all the way down, McLean. Just, I think we should just start replacing every letter with X, just to be safe. McLean, just, uh, just start speaking like that. Yeah. Oh, I couldn't agree more. Um, bottom line, as a fat person, when I have to fly, I can't focus on the usual things you would. I have to think about whether or not the airplane seats will accommodate me, and if not, will I be sitting next to someone who is kind or an a-hole? I mean, as fat people, we've all heard the horror stories. Being judged when I go out in public for my own terrible choices? It's the world's fault, McLean. This ain't my fault. It's the world's fault. 
Here, here. First off, uh, blah blah blah, fat taxes, the in only Nazis can judge me. Look, the exclusionary nature of these spaces is only further exacerbated when it comes to the intersections of fat and other systems of oppression. Now, McLean, personally, when I think of fat intersections, I think of like a, a street corner where they have a, a an Arby's, a Taco Bell, and a McDonald's sort of all in a row. That's a fat intersection for me. Yeah. Like, you know. Or maybe like one of those like KFC Taco Bell combos. Ah, there you go. Let's see here. In the end, this is not about making our bodies fit into a society that was never built for all bodies, but mm. changing society so that all bodies feel safe, valued, and included. I should never, never have to improve myself. Society should. Okay, society needs to change itself. And uh, until they do, I'll just be waiting over here. You know? I'm brave for doing this, McLean. Rejecting all norms and standards, that actually makes me the tough, brave, courageous one doing hard work. You know? I'm not a, I'm not a loser. You are. You're the loser. You're the loser for fitting into this quote self responsibility narrative. It's, it's truly delusional to think that for for whatever reason people like to believe that one I can lose weight and that two I should lose weight and that three they are not Nazis and bigots because they are. Anyway, let me crack open this uh. Hostess Twinkie here, and uh. I believe I mentioned a moment ago, a while back, I was talking about low carb. Well, guess what, McLean? It's a bizarre fad diet that's yeah. taking the far right by storm, according to MotherJones.com. Jake, what's even the point of having a podcast if you're just going over stuff everyone already knows? McLean, carnivorism advocates claim meat will cure health woes, replenish masculinity, and tick off the liver rolls. First off, no, it won't. Second off, yes it will, and that's why it's evil. This summer, Canadian psychologist and alt-right darling Jordan Peterson, Jordan Peterson, hot <laughs> lobster boy. He wants me to. He wants me to clean. He wants me to clean my room and make my bed. <laughs> Self-responsibility sounds like a little bit of Nazi rhetoric to me, Mr. Peterson. You're get out. Just get out of here. Shoo, 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 shoo. I've exposed you for the Nazi you are. So just leave in shame now. Bye bye. Bye bye. But alt-right darling Jordan Peterson appeared on Joe Rogan's podcast to talk about his new health regimen. I've been on the pure carnivore diet for about two months. First he had gone low-carb, eating only meat and greens, and then he mixed the greens all together. He drew inspiration from his daughter Michaela Peterson, who claims, claims, that eating nothing but beef, salt, and water for eight months helped you overcome struggles with arthritis and depression. Detailed it, blah, blah, blah. So uh, they went on this uh, carnivore diet because it turned out... So Michaela Peterson, I actually listened to a couple of lectures about them by this. She had this uh, terrible congenital, congenital condition where her body just could not process anything. Like any kind of uh, a plant product was just destroying her. Like giving her just these terrible arthrit arthritic conditions. I, I was talking about... We were talking about how um, carbs are inflammatory. But apparently like her body, for whatever reason, like she just couldn't do anything. Uh, it turned out like... Just eating plain beef, beef and salt was the only thing that didn't absolutely destroy her. So she's just on a complete beef and salt diet, and uh, and her dad has similar conditions. And uh, so yeah, they both switched over to just eating nothing but beef, and it cured their uh, depression. Well, it didn't cure, but it's a lot better. The depression and. Um, these physical conditions. The Petersons embrace carnivorism, as it's come to be known, for health reasons, as does carnivore king Sean Baker, blah blah blah. Uh, so yeah, basically beef, beef is like the purest food you can eat, because it's like, there's nothing going on there, it doesn't trigger... Does anybody... I don't think I've ever heard of anyone being allergic to beef. But like, if you had to build a diet around one food, and I'm not suggesting that everybody should do this, obviously, because 
you know, one food. That's gonna get boring after a while. That's why. Anyway, but uh, yeah, building your diet around. I think it's the one thing that if you eat only only beef, that uh, that's that is probably the most sustainable of like mono diets. If you had to do that, because you get pretty much everything from beef. It's pretty good. Um, oh yeah. And plus, beef is like the tastiest thing you tastiest thing you could possibly eat. There's so many different ways to make it. Uh, hamburger, steak, all that. You can put anything in it. You can. Oh, I'm sorry. I meant meat is horribly racist. Please tell me more. Yes, some conservatives McLean, many of them inspired by the Petersons, have taken up all meat diets for a different purpose to take off the liberals. Meat is poised to be the next proxy battleground in a left-right culture war. Meat production, particularly beef, mm. according to the Daily daily what was that the daily bees the daily bees meat production creates more greenhouse gases and requires more energy than vegetable farming leading environmentalists to, to call for meat reduction what okay uh in response an all red meat carnivore diet is surging in popularity amongst conservatives that that's like you think i went low carb you think i went carnivore for health reasons nah i learned that it creates a lot of carbon emission and so i decided you know what i really want to i want i want those liberal tears mclean so i'm switching to an all meat diet just so i can mm, mm, just a delicious glass of those those calming tears just give me more hey hey i didn't switch to all meat because i thought it would be healthy i did it to melt the ice caps Wheel, the writer of this, joined Mother Jones's Karasande on the Bite podcast to talk about blah, blah blah. After researching carnivorism online, Wheel observed that many of the people espousing the diet were also drawn to other right-leaning fringe ideologies. Then there are those that try to connect the diet to ideas of primitive masculine strength. They'll compare themselves to, like, cavemen or predator animals, Wheel said. Why would an all-meat lifestyle appeal to conservatives? Well, a lot of conservatives are very worried about losing their status as a white person or losing economic status. And I think this may be a... Well, every time I get in there to eat a steak, it's really because I'm worried about losing my status as a white person. <laughs> I'm worried I might become black if I don't this eat a McClane. steak. This fad echoes past efforts by right-wingers to eschew left-leaning issues. They've amassed straws in response to environmental concerns. They've boycotted tofu out of fear of soy's supposed emasculating content. And of course, there was rolling coal, tricking out trucks to release billows of black smoke to make pre-Australian liberals angry. You've constructed a worldview around upsetting people. Rolling I'd coal? I'd really like to know and, how someone feels uh, having gone through all that trouble. Your gain in the end. Oh, that's the end of the article. Oh, oh there's a that's very it? angry article after it. Uh, who that's very angry about calling fake. <laughs> okay, so, so. Oh, sorry. I'm allergic to meat and just so talking about Missouri, it. So apparently, Missouri, Missouri is making it illegal to call plant-based products meat, and um, uh, blah 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 blah. In May, Missouri became the first state to make sure plant and lab-based meat makers can't use the term meat to describe their products. I applaud this because this isn't meat. You're lying. So good job, Missouri. Good on you. Uh, but guess what, McLean? Yes. Sorry. Uh, the yeah, battle echoes the Great Mayonnaise Wars 2014-15. The Food and Drug Administration ruled that Eggless Mayo Company Hampton Creek couldn't use the term mayo on this label. Um, do the terms plant-based or clean meat really pose that much of a threat to animal meat markets? Look, it's hard to feel bad for livestock producers, okay? Because the USDA predicts Americans will scarf down a record amount of meat in 2018. But you can already try plant-based hamburgers that have a texture similar to the real thing. And lab-grown meat, also known as clean meat, could be here before you know it. Look, you'll be able to buy meat grown from stem cells by 2020. Beyond Meats launched its own line of alternative proteins. 
All right. Finally. Why, are, why aren't you adopting this, McLean? It's the future. You are a backwards bigot if you don't want this thing I grew in the lab. All right? Just... This is science. science Stop calling... Oh, gosh. You, you're a... I can't stand you. I can't... Get away from me. Um... Related article, The Apprenticeship of Jordan Peterson. Um, <laughs> so, Peterson has slowly morphed into a darker, more monomaniacal man than the one he knew when he was first hired in 1998. He, he understands. <laughs> um, oh my goodness. Sorry, sorry, sorry. They're, they're, they're taking stuff. So, uh, Jordan Peterson, he, he got very into, um, learning about uh, the rise of authoritarian dictatorships like uh, Nazism and Communism and exploring how uh, uh, these leaders like manipulate people to, you know, fall in line for the greater good to not accept accept personal responsibility how at least of a downfall. Well, this person has interpreted his study of this as being, no, he, he likes authoritarian figures. Actually, he he's a Nazi, okay? He wants you to... He's, he's like a little Hitler or a little propagandist and he's trying to make you into a Nazi. What is wrong with you people? Ah, uh, okay. Anyway, <laughs> unrelated. What was I gonna? That's what I wanted to talk about today. McClendon, you got me off on the sidetrack with these with these fat studies and your queer liberation content. I wanted to talk about cryptocurrency, McClendon. McClendon, I'm let's just trying to liberate the talk fat about crypto queer bipox. <laughs> this is the future, McClendon. I'm you... sorry. Fine, fine. If you want to silence, if you want to silence my fat voice, the future, and McClain, talk about your own crypto. All right, crypto. <laughs> Cryptocurrency is a pyramid scheme, McLean. Let's be honest. Okay. Here's the thing. Here's the thing. Because Bitcoin got huge, people think, "Oh, well, this is obviously the future. Uh, we're all jumping on it." But, but, okay. Look, I don't know. Okay, how would you define? I guess here's the thing. <laughs> Do I understand it? No, I don't understand it. Okay. Well, I kind of understand it. But from what I can see, outside of looking in, it, it feels like a bubble right now. It feels like that. Well, anyway, I got into I got into uh, this because I was um, I decided to start putting money into an index fund, S and P 500, which is like the safest, most low risk investment. One of them. One of the safest things you can do. Just put money in. Just leave it there over time. Um, but people really people want to. You know, we live in a culture where people want to get rich fast. So um, cryptocurrency, it's a new thing. Just because Bitcoin got huge, and people are like, man, if I had gotten into Bitcoin ten years ago, then I'd be a billionaire now. So now everyone has it in their head that 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 this is the you know this is the future, right? This is going to replace replace money. It really feels like the like the dot com bubble or the housing market in the '08 or like uh, even like Beanie Babies or something like that. No, whoa, 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 whoa. Beanie Babies have maintained their value throughout the years, Jake. I j was just on eBay and I saw them selling for a million dollars each. So take that back, please. I'm sorry, I, I didn't mean to offend you, but it really does feel like that. Everyone yes, you did. Yes, you did. The way people were buying real estate, no sim, like this is the future, this is how you're gonna make money. You gotta, you gotta get a domain name in 1999 because, you know, websites is the key to money in the future. And it's like, of course, of course. Because you have these cases, like, it's the fool's game of thinking you can play the market like that. Because, like, oh, yeah, I mean, if you had bought stock in Google in 1998 or whatever, you know, yeah, you'd be rich by now. But how could you have known that then? Really, you just got lucky if you did that. Or, I mean, maybe you got, like, oh man, this is the next up and coming thing. But by the time. By the time everybody says, hey, this is the next big thing, it's too late to get in. At that point, it's a pyramid scheme. At that point, you're only, you're gonna lose money. 
Alright? By the time everybody realizes this is the big thing. Now that's the thing with Bitcoin at this point. You're not gonna make money in Bitcoin now. It's way too late to jump on that bandwagon. So now everyone's trying to get in on whatever they think the next Bitcoin is going to be. McLean, have you heard of Dogecoin? Doge. I'm, I'm intimately familiar. Yeah, but, but ever since Bitcoin, Elon these things Elon pumped it up and I up. made millions, baby. These things keep popping up where where the, someone will create this, uh, uh, it's called like S-Coin, you know, very Bitcoin S-Coin, or like meme coins or whatever. But the idea is they, they invent this thing. And, uh, you know, there's a few people getting in early on. And Dookie say, hey, coin is going to be big, Jake. Here, get in on this. By the time you hear about it, McLean, you're not in on the ground floor anymore. You're not at the top of the pyramid by the time you've heard about it. It's the old, it's the pump and dump thing. That's what the pyramid scheme is, basically, is a pump and dump. It's like, you gotta get the people in on those levels below you, right? And then, once the whole thing craters, well, I mean, they're out there, money, suckers. Should've gotten sooner, man. Should've gotten sooner. Should've, should've played the market better. This is your fault, actually. You know, this, this wasn't the pyramid scheme. You just should've been a little faster with that click in there. Buy, buy low, sell high, McLean. Nobody ever does. Everyone, everyone thinks, oh yeah, I know how to play the market. I'll buy low, I'll sell high. Well, no, what they do is they see something, hey, this is going up, I'll buy this. Oh no, it's going down, I'll sell. They end up buying high and selling low. They're idiots. People are dumb. People, this old get rich quick thing. Day trading, McLean. This, this was a big fad. I think in the 90s it was like a big, or maybe early 2000s. It was like, oh man, I'm going to go into day trading. I'm going to be a billionaire overnight. 99% of people lose money. Like the only people, like the 1% that's making money day trading is maybe making minimum wage, you know? It's just, no, just don't. Just don't. You, you're not going to get rich overnight, man. Just, just stop it. Anyway, that's... Well, hey, I'm just glad that we're not talking about diets which don't work and instead are talking about cryptocurrencies which are a sure thing. Yeah, it's the future, McLean. So put all your money in that now. Uh, Dogecoin is going up. And if you really want to make money, McLean, have you heard of this thing called an NFT? Three little letters that mean big money. Might as well replace that N, that F, and that T with dollar signs. You don't mean a non-fungible token, do you? Fungible. So basically, it's like it's basically a digital trading card, right? That's 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 what I gather from it. It's sort of like it's a hybrid between like um, a digital trading card and the idea is, oh, you're you're buying exclusive, like you're buying the uh, the original copy of this art, right? Like that's the idea. You're buying digital art, and like because you have the blockchain. I have no idea what the heck a blockchain is, but from what I understand, you're you're, you're basically buying. I mean, the idea is that you're buying uh, uh, like ownership of this piece of art, and so all of it's going to be valuable because I have the I, I have the receipt to prove I have the actual original copy of this art, right? Like, this is the original, you know? Something like that. That's, from what I can gather, that's like the idea behind it. Um, the thing is, though, whenever you see these NFTs, what in your... what? Who's gonna... 10 years from now, McLean, project out 10 years from now. Oh, yeah, that funny monkey picture. Oh, I'll pay $3 million for that. That's the idea that just because something is funny monkey just picture. because something is rare and scarce does not make it valuable. You, you, this is like the Les Fox way of thinking. Oh, because there's a limited quantity, there's only one of these, so of course it's going to be valuable. No, nobody's gonna pay for this. This is garbage. Well, that only works if the thing that you're that you that the thing that you have the one of is not absolute trash. Yeah, and I don't think NFTs, uh, I've never uh, seen one of lazy them. monkeys. I have never seen an NFT was like, oh yeah, you know, I, I kind of want that. That's a that's a good piece of art. No, they're all garbage. I don't understand. Hot trash. Who is buying? And these? If they were making John Falter esque NFTs, Jake might be interested. Like who is buying these? You're you're buying nothing. 
You're buying garbage. What do you? What? What is this? It's like it's like the uh, people like to talk about. Oh yeah, like the the tulip bulb craze in the twenties or whatever. Oh man, why why are people paying such high prices for such like a tulip? Like no, it's it's because you, you get the sprinting going. Like this is going to be the next big thing, so I should probably invest in it. You know. This is it. Yeah, it's ridiculous. I don't. Really, the next big thing is gonna be me after I start intuitive eating, and that's fine. You, I am the next big thing, McLean. <laughs> me personally, I'm kind of a big deal, Jake. Oh yeah. I guess I just don't understand the mindset of somebody who buys one. I, I kind of understand, like, oh man, these are like a scarce commodity, and if these are valuable, I should probably invest in them. Like, I get the idea, but look at what you're investing in. It's garbage. And even then, you're not even buying the picture. You're buying a link to the picture, from what I understand. You're not like buying the picture itself. So even then, it's still like, what? Why? I. I guess what I'm asking the plane is, I'm not. I'm not a Gen Z. Can you please uh, explain? No, I cannot, Jake. I know nothing about NFTs, nor do I know much about cryptocurrency. Uh, me explaining would be a, a fool's errand. All I know is that it's really dumb and silly, and is a classic example of things not being treated for their actual value, but for the value that someone's willing to pay. Yeah, well, that's that's the other thing. It's this idea now that you invest. So it used to be you'd invest in things that, like they, these are worth investing in because they 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 um they have a use. They have like a practical use. This is why they're going they're going to make money because people need these things. We're going to invest in them because they're going to sell because they're they're providing something, right? Like you invest in the company because oh, it's going to be a big company. This is they're offering the product and people are going to buy this product. So I'm going to put my money here because there's a future here. Now you invest in things purely because you think they're going to be in demand. They're not they're not an actual thing. You're just investing in it because you think it's going how do I explain that? Like, there's not, there's no actual product. There's nothing, there's nothing, there's no tangible thing behind what you're investing in, you know? Like, cryptocurrency, you're, the only reason you're investing in it is not because you think people are going to use it, but because you think it's going to be valuable, you know what I mean? And, and it's not going to be valuable because people are using it, it's going to be valuable because you think it's valuable. Like, it's, it's like this circle of, oh, it must be valuable because people think it's valuable, because people think it's valuable, that makes it valuable. No one's actually using it. Like, no one's actually, you know, putting this NFT on the wall. Nobody thinks it's good art. Nobody's actually paying for the art. They're paying for the thing because they think it's going to be rare. They think it will be in demand purely because it is rare. If I'm the only one who has a pile of literal dog crap, then uh, I'm a millionaire. Yeah, and, and, and you read about it, well, you read about these articles where these artists are like, oh yeah, I just started making NFTs and I made like $4 million off of them. It's like, well, okay, yeah, but... It's like, I mean, good hustle, I guess, Yeah, but... the only people making money off of this are the people making the NFTs, conning the suckers. The su you're not gonna... If you, you... You're... This is not an... This is the most, the most terrible investment thing in the world. A quote, investment. What are you doing? The only people making money are the people just pumping this garbage out for you. Because they all look terrible. They're all, like, auto-generated by, like, a Photoshop program, right? I... It's just... What are you doing? If you're buying these, I, I can see making these. You're, you're, you're taking advantage of a sucker's market right now. But if you're buying these, like, what's wrong with you? I, you have no idea how economics work. You have not taken a, 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 the most basic of courses in this stuff. I don't know, man. Teen artists are making millions on NFTs. How are they doing it? Because you're stupid. Because I don't get it. Stupid. I don't That's pretend again. Non-fungible token. 
McLean, this digital economy is gonna be Nothing like a token that's not fungible. If it's digital, McLean, it's probably going to be valuable. Anyway, this cryptocurrency NFTs, this is a bubble right now. And it's gonna pop. I don't know if it's gonna pop either within the next five years, maybe ten years from now, maybe next week, but um uh boy, aren't I gonna feel real silly when that happened? Because I just I just bought a truckload of NFTs, so yeah, you know, I, I decided not to invest, you know, the boomer way, because I don't like boomers, McLean. I don't invest the boomer way. This is this is a new day and age, McLean. I'm putting my money in a digital picture of a monkey. I like to secure my future. Uh, I, I don't understand. R slash anti-work, speaking of, I realized this yesterday. It's, it is like, a, it's, it's a content farm, McLean. It is like, no matter what time of day, no matter what's going on, log on the r slash anti-work, the first three posts, hey, garbage! It's like, I don't know, I don't know, man. It's, it's, um... I died for a second there, sorry. You yeah. did die, yes. But, uh, it's, it's a content farm. For whatever reason, these commies, they really love posting on here. And, like, every single post is just the most ridiculous thing, and it's like, I can't, I can't keep up. This is the first time I cannot keep up with the madness. There's too much of it, it's coming at me too fast. You know what I mean? So I've, I've just gone onto the, onto the... Oh yeah, I know. I'm just Jake. looking at today's post right now. Um, uh, millennials didn't kill the economy, McLean. The economy killed millennials. Oh. Okay. Let's see here. I'm interested. Nothing like dunking on the boomers for making me uh, not be able to afford a house. Bingo. Let's see here. The Bitcoin. Pay our teachers more. Oh, gosh. Uh, Our teachers are the real heroes. I don't know if you've ever heard that before, but... Teachers are the real heroes. I'm gonna pull up the post I saw the other day. Hold on. I wish you could, I wish you could filter by day. I don't, I don't know. Anyway, okay. Uh, would you like to hear about why LGBT teachers make exceptional school leaders? Uh. Ah, oh, here we go. So here's a, here's a meme this person made. Uh, because you, you know how people say, oh, well, if we implement communism, you know, there, there'll be no there'll be no incentive for anybody to actually, you know, do the hard jobs that, you know, you don't want to, you know. Uh, that one is uh, a slippery of, slope, my friend. Not a lot of sewer workers. Not a lot of sewage workers are going to be going around after we've, you know, implemented the revolution, McLean, fixing your, fixing your broken toilet out of the goodness of their heart, you know. But guess what, McLean? Oh, you think without a profit motive, no one will be productive? Have you considered... Wikipedia editors, oh, Minecraft players, open source coders, coders, and volunteer firefighters, McLean. Because hmm? really I have not. Tell me more about these Wikipedia editors. Minecraft, Minecraft players. players. Comments underneath. Video games are a great example, McLean. Modders put hours of work for free to make a game better than the paid developers. If anything, the companies themselves shoot them down into everything in their power to wipe them from existence because they're afraid they might interfere with their profits. Look, hey. Sociopaths won't get it, McLean. They have no concept of doing things for the betterment of others. You sociopaths also, probably don't understand us gamers. I would also like to give a shout out to all those that develop emulators. Thank you for keeping mm. the classics alive. Because I know after the revolution, McLean, our economy is going to be mostly video game focused. It's true. A video, an entirely video game based economy. Video games are going to be just like playable NFTs. Yeah, let's see here. Uh, I honestly believe people that have been fully corrupted by money can't fathom someone would do something just because they enjoy doing it. Nothing like, uh, just... nothing like uh, cleaning up, <laughs> unclogging people's toilets. That's what I enjoy. It's not that humans are inherently simple, selfish, and greedy at all, and, you know, <laughs> no, 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 no. Um, but we know that's not the case. Here, author here, 
don't forget about us. Authors and creatives are the unsung heroes of every generation. Mm -hmm. So, uh, you know, I might not, I might not be able to fix my plumbing after the revolution proclaimed, but we'll have plenty of video games and feminist LGBT And fan fiction. No, fanfic. <laughs> we'll have a lot of fanfic. A lot of Harry Potter erotica. That's that's one, that's what we'll have. One, one Harry that here says, "Do you think anyone would be a plumber?" Then, um, I think with modern infrastructure and tooling, it's not a particularly nasty job, and there's a big demand for it. It can be a well-paid job too. So you would pay them the same system we have now? Well, do you think anyone here is suggesting money itself should be abolished? Look, I'm just saying that people have their basic needs met unconditionally, that nobody would be productive. That is a lie. Having Marcus does not mean we'd have the same system as we... Look, l listen, Kami. What you is your point exactly? Ways. You can't have it both yeah. ways, Kami. Um, let's see here. Is it me? Or are these employers being extra a-holes since the great resignation has taken off? Mm. We've been used and abused by these corporations for decades, and it is horrible. We're forced to work ourselves to death, and it's not right. How did the situation get out of control? They're afraid. Uh, this is a response from user Vegan Honk. They are afraid because there's blood in the water, and they don't know how to stop it. <laughs> Mr. Vegan Honk! May I propose a Vegan Honk? Do you think employers are being extra a-holes since the Great Resignation has been taken off? But could it be, perhaps, that your perception is slightly skewed by the fact that you're on r slash anti-work all the time, and not everybody is working themselves to death under the tyrannical mandates of an abusive employer? Just a theory I'm throwing out. It might just be a filter bias there. I don't, I don't know. I don't know. Now, don't let me rain on a good theory, but... Uh, let's see, this person's very mad. They saw this on a door of the restaurant. Uh, a wall cat, a no-show, and a quitting without notice. You will be paid $10 an hour on your final check, and then will be mailed. Uh, this is, this is terrible. How dare you cut someone's pay? It's a completely reasonable reaction, actually. Um, anyway, moving on. Yes. You didn't pay me for the work I didn't do. What is, what's going on? Let's see here. Oh, this person. McLean, I have to apologize. I... I, I thought it was mostly uh, liberals and communists over on R-slash-anti-work, but this person posts mask mandates are making them want to quit. It's nice to see there's a diversity of opinion on here. All right, let's let's go into the uh, actual oh, yeah, post I think, itself. I think that's a good point. I think that's a good point, you know? That's a, that's a good idea because, you know, corporations forcing people to, like, even even if you believe that masks work, still, is it ethical to force someone to wear one or, like, fire them, you know? it's It's not... Oh wait, not because I disagree with them. Quite the opposite, in fact. Oh. I am tired of fighting with old white dudes about them. Please, dixuds. Dixuds, if you will. Old white dixuds. I'm tired of being asked to provide evidence of their efficacy. I'm just a floor manager. I wear an effing mask for hours a day without complaining. I'm getting tired of having to spike up anxiety every time I see an unmasked person walking up over something so stupid. It makes me want to quit in exasperation. It's just so demoralizing. Anti-maskers are often so aggressive, too. I'm wishing you safety and less stressful days. <laughs> I mean, we're forcing them to do oh. something against the world that we just we made it up two years ago, and they get all they got all uppity about it. They're so aggressive. I'm just forcing you to comply with the ridiculous mandate, okay? And you're being all aggressive on me. It's a good thing we're not aggressive like that. That's, that's all we want to do is shame you and yell at you and, until you comply with our demands. That's all. That's all. I don't think there's that much to ask, McLean. You know, here's a little nugget of nugget of wisdom here. Food for thought. We went from teachers are most undervalued members of society to get into your poorly ventilated petri dish classrooms and teach whitewashed history until it kills you you glorified babysitters real quick 
Yeah, I've always thought that teachers are our most undervalued members of society. What? <laughs> the American school the American school system is rapidly approaching collapse. It's just not sustainable. Oh. Well, <laughs> I think the reason it's approaching collapse is because it was hijacked by a bunch of communists. I don't. No, that's definitely not it. So this person's pro-homeschooling, but from a hippie liberal side, where they think the school system is it's too white. There's too many white people teaching white history in the school system. Okay, all right, that's a, that's a hot take. This whitewashed history, that's a hot man. Take there. Um, uh, this person posted a screen cap saying, this is the sort of S we post to joke about, but finally came across it in the wild. This, this is wrong on so many levels. I don't know where to start. It's a screen cap of a tweet by a guy named Russell Barents, and it says, uh, starting a business, $999, too much. Buying a new iPhone, though, $999, no problem. Healthy groceries for 100 bucks, too much. Dinner and dessert, 100 bucks, no problem. Watching Netflix for two hours? Oh, just one more episode. Or learning a new skill for two hours? Oh, I have no time for that. Look, life is about choices. Stop blaming your lack of opportunity. Now, nah, you, you just came in here and claimed that my problems were my fault, sir, and uh, that I have the ability to better myself, and I, I don't have to sit here and complain about other people. I can actually stand up and, and be better and, and make my life better. You monster! How dare you! Look, hey! Oh, paying living wages? Too much. Buy a new expensive car? Oh, no problem. Hire more workers? Too much. Buying a private yacht? No problem. Affordable health care? Oh, that's too much. But funding the military? Oh, no problem. Listen, you, your logical flaw here, Mr. Russell, was in forgetting that nothing is ever my fault. And I am a helpless victim. Yeah, I, look, hey, look. You think the way to getting out of my miserable state here is to, uh, is to actually better my life? No, 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 sir. This is where you're wrong. This is where you're wrong. I just need to blame somebody else for all of my problems and wait for them to fix it. Then they'll be happy. That, that seems like all of these things, Mugly Lane, it, it occurs to me as we're avoiding this, all of these things from, from watching baby superhero kids movies to, to fat acceptance to social justice to trying to get rich quick to, to insisting that all of your work problems are because of billionaires. It all just comes down to personal responsibility. Leftism I guess the, the whole philosophy of this mindset is just, I don't want to have to take responsibility. Somebody else should do that for me. Okay, I don't want to have to actually, you know, change myself. It's like, it's just selfishness, the political yeah. philosophy. Stop it, people. Stop it. <laughs> I don't know. You got anything else for me, McLean? Well, uh, first off, if you have been exposed to COVID and are asymptomatic, make sure you lie about your symptoms to your employer. Uh, the quarantine guidelines are not working and your boss doesn't care about your long-term health or your customers. I just want my immunocompromised father to live. Uh, the government and businesses have put their pockets above the health of you because and your clients that he is going to die. by lying about transmission rates, the death and infection rates, and that COVID can lead to both long and short-term effects. So take it upon yourself to lie to your employer to keep people and yourself safe. That's right. The government is actually downplaying COVID. That's, that is correct. Ah, okay. <laughs> Uh, say thank you to an essential worker today. Some have it harder than others. Sure, sure, sure. Uh, also, quit your job. So, there won't be any essential worker workers. McLean? Yes. The S&P 500 has dipped slightly since yesterday, like 0.0 something percent, because it's kind of how it is. Jake is ruined, friends. Jake is Jake is, is embarrassed financially. He is he's going to die broke. Because, penniless. Because I'm, I, I operate purely on emotion. 
My plan was to keep money in this for over the course of 40 years, but because there was a slight downtick today, I'm going to panic and withdraw all my money at a loss and invest it in Bitcoin. Good idea. That's how this works, right? Right? It's fine. I think you're, I think you're supposed to be extremely reactive to markets. I think that's how you make money in this. Uh, I honestly believe that human beings are not meant to live like this. We are meant to live in loving communities and be around nature every day and grow our own food and create art and not work day and night until we die. This longing for another life is not human nature. It's a symptom of modern society. Hmm. McLean? I wonder what kind of art you can create if you just sit around being lazy all day. I'm just saying. I don't know. Maybe... (laughs) I mean, it seems to me, now that I think about it, the best art we've had, like, I mean, recently the best art we've had would be the people who, like the Norman Rockwells, the people who commissioned to make magazine covers uh, back in the 20s through the 60s. I, I'd say that was probably some of the best art we've had in recent memory. Everything else after that has been complete garbage. Um, but that was, that was fueled by capitalism because they were being paid to make art. And I think <clears throat> that that's bad. So, you know, bad art, that's bad. Uh, over on r slash Star Wars, my son randomly asked to watch Star Wars oh, for the first time today, and this is a proud dad moment. It's a proud uh, Redditor moment for me, because I'm, I'm a part of that subreddit, and boy, spreading the Star Wars gospel is big, big stuff. Response from one dad to another, that's awesome, bro. I'm not that's crying. That's epic. You're crying. I, I am defined. a child. Because I've defined my childhood by the entertainment I saw. Uh, this is nothing I was thinking about today, too, but like, over the last 100 years, humanity's taken this weird turn. Like, your fondest childhood memories are wrapped up in uh, 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 movies and, and things you saw. Like, it's, it's so, it's, it's bizarre. I don't, we're not meant to live this way, man. Like, we, we build our childhood identities not around our friends and family and the people around us in our community anymore. No, over the last 100 years, they're built around, and this is like unintentional, but they're built around the things we saw on TV, the, the brands we're most familiar with, the... The, the movies we saw, the video games we played, that's where the nostalgia, that's where the fondness is. You know? Nothing like products. Products. No, it's bizarre. I think it's, 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 it's warped us, man. It's warped us. Like, this is what our childhood is now. It's, our fondest memories are, are going to all be wrapped up in media. <laughs> like, that's, that's bizarre. It's weird. Uh, I remember the first time I watched it, I was mad at my sister and crying. My dad said he wanted to show me a movie called Star Wars. I said no, but he said, we're watching it anyway. And that was the first and last time I ever said no to Star Wars. My dad did the same thing when I was like 10, and I kept saying no, and then I relented, and he was so giddy! Now some of my favorite movies of all time. This is awesome. Look. I never pushed it on him. I always wanted him to discover it on his own. That being said, he's got a ton of Star Wars books and posters in his room. This sounds like a... This is the kind of passion people usually reserve for religious belief. Like, I you know, I, I never tried to push my faith on my children, but they, they through, through their life experiences, they, they came to it on their own. And I'm just I'm just so proud of uh, the walk they made, the maturity, the, the realization, the way they've come to a faith in God. And, and it's just changed them for the better. And... Also, they're watching Star Wars, and I've never been prouder in my life! <laughs> my child, this is, this is me being a parent so worth it. You like the same film that I liked as a child. I'm finally validated. I'm finally validated. Thank you. This is it. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> No, 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 it's okay. I'll be okay. I'm just, I'm just overwhelmed right now, Billy. You, <laughs> Billy, 
good. <laughs> say, the, say the line, Billy. Say the line. Ah, uh, Luke, I am your father. No. <laughs> Mommy, film that. Film that. Film that. <laughs> I've never been happier in my life. <laughs> my wife won't let me watch it with my three-year-old daughter. I think she could handle it, but Mom said no. I can't wait for the day we start our adventure in a galaxy far, far away. Have you considered divorce? This is good parenting, starting with the original movie instead of the prequels. It's the way for first-time viewing, only with no prior knowledge. Don't get me started on, on just how important it is to start with the original movie. Uh, how, how did he like or it? sequels or whatever. The original like. person says, well, he's halfway watching. He, he stops and watches every few minutes. I guess I can't ask for much more from a two-year-old. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um... Sir, if I may raise a finger here. I don't know. I don't know if your your pride is really all that warranted. I'm not going to ruin this moment. I'm not going to ruin this moment. Now, now remember, Jake, this uh, article here from Scott Hanselman, uh, The Nerd Parents Guide, uh, when and how to introduce your kids to Star Wars. Wait, wait. I had such a dark moment. When I first realized, my kids will think the original movies are extremely dated and might not even like them. Oh. I mean, I still don't have no. kids at this point, so even the prequels would be dated no. for them. But it made me remember my father sitting me down to watch black and white westerns when I was a kid in the 90s. He was excited oh. about them, but I just thought they were so lame. This is depressing to think about. Oh. Wait a minute. Star Wars minute. is different than that. You're telling me that this is just a this is just a nostalgic thing for me, and it's not like Star Wars is actually some transcendent experience. I just invested way too much of my own emotion into this. Nah, that, that nah, can't nah, be. Nah, 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 nah. Now, what were you saying? Sorry. Uh, here's a uh, when and how to introduce your kids to Star Wars. Um, uh, this person says that they're not a big Star Wars guy. They enjoyed the film when they were growing up, but I haven't thought much about them since. That said, I appreciate the films and I like movies in general. Uh, watching movies with my kids, usually Pixar, have brought us a lot of shared joys. The family hover Star Wars are fun and classics, and we wanted to share with them with our kids in a way that works for everyone given their age and our parenting style. So, a uh, TLDR version. Uh, show Star Wars to your kids when you think they can discuss and analyze the themes appropriate. They might be five, it might be ten, they're your kids. Don't forget, you can skip parts. Show them the movie in 20 minute segments and make it a serial adventure rather than a movie. Uh, show the films in machete order, which is episodes 4, 5, 2, 3, 6. This maintains surprises while ending on a high note. Uh, yes, episode 1 is hacked out and not shown. You can show at the end of it all along with the Clone Wars cartoon and bill them as supplemental material. Uh, consider Harmy's de-specialized version fan edit or the Star Wars revised fan edit. Make the films an event with crafts and discussions of mythology, mythology rather than just dumping it on their little brain. Oh my god. I am so glad that I have rejected religion and then instead we, we don't subscribe to your 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 Bible, your syntax, <sighs> okay? Like kids don't need that garbage. Jake okay? there. Look, I'm what I'm Jake doing is nothing like that, okay? I'm not gonna brainwash my kids with my faith or anything. I can't I can't I'm imagine muted? what Jake is muted. About. I'm sorry. I was just saying that like, you, you believe in this religious stuff. There you are. Like, I'm not gonna brainwash my kids like that, okay? They're gonna be free thinkers, you know? You know what I'm saying? Now, uh, on here, on todaysparents.com, uh, under this uh, this article written by Madeline DeLee, uh, she tells us that she used Star Wars to teach her sons about consent. 
Uh, when my sons asked me a question about date rape, I turned to movies I, like Blade Runner, Star Wars, do. and Ten Things I Hate About You. Hmm? Most sons will do that. Probably around age five, they start getting curious and say, Hey, Mom, uh, what's date rape? I remember I went right up to my mother and, you know, it was time we had the talk. My son is nine years old. I expected to have an uncomfortable conversation this holiday season, but I thought it was going to be about a guy in a red suit. Listen, the fact that your son even has heard the phrase date rape, you are a bad parent. I misjudged which uncomfortable conversation was coming. It all began when the song Baby It's Cold Outside came on the radio. And my 13-year-old immediately asked, Isn't this the date rape song? Then the third grader chimed in, What's date rape? Isn't this the date rape And so, like song? any good because parent, I, you explain to your nine-year-old what date this, rape this, was. This lens that I've been given by culture. And so when she says, What's in this drink? Now, it's not alcohol. It's probably a roofie, because they were singing about roofies back in the 40s. I felt a lot like Atticus in To Kill a Mockingbird, trying to explain the context of his case to Scout, only without the gift of rhetorical or legal background. But I did my best. Well, date rape is when someone is in a social situation, like a date, and is pressured to have sex when they don't want to. Since the concept of sex is still a hazy wait, wait, one for best for my youngest, you don't you say. Out, you left out the part where you drug them in order. It's not just coercing somebody. That's different than date rape. That's not the same thing. That's not the same thing at all. Stop, stop muddying definitions. Why would someone pressure someone else to have sex, he asked. By this point, I was really wishing that anything else, even Santa Baby, had played on the radio instead. Sometimes, one person is more interested than the other person, and the person who is interested feels like it's okay to try to talk the person into doing something they don't really want, I said. Now the 13-year-old Wait a minute, talking someone into it is not rape. Hold on. Jake, first off, you have to understand that this completely didn't happen. You have to you have to come to terms with that. Like that's you can't you can't mess with definitions like that. Oh my head. Oh my head. Now the 13-year-old was getting involved. But how does one person know that the other person isn't interested? He asked, leaning forward in that way that shows a teenager is for once really invested in a conversation. I knew I had to get this right. She says no. Or if someone says no, you have to accept that immediately. But the song keeps going, he said. Why does she stay? Maybe because so this didn't it's happen. not actually, this is a crazy idea, but the song is not actually about date rape. Just a theory I'm this, throwing this out. This conversation with her children did not occur. This is fiction. This is right up there with Star Wars. Welcome to the debate, kid. As my children get older, I'm noticing that popular culture is chock full of confusing references and plot lines. We are a geeky family. We uh-huh. attend conventions, and we go to early preview screens for Star Wars and Marvel films. We're totally in for Our whatever Ligma garbage Frank is being movies. thrown at us. Hey, correction. give me more of that. You are a geeky person, and you drag your kids along to these things. Can you please hook a this sewer is how we can talk about up to my house so I can just flood it with, with sewage? Please. This is how we can talk about the thorny issues of consent and the modeled behavior my sons see. The good, the bad, and sometimes downright ugly. It's been eye-opening to say the least, to realize that what I've been internalizing all these years, older movies, the nostalgic 90s ones from my high school years that I was so excited to share with them, have provided instructive examples. Then there's the Disney movies, those early princesses don't get much agency, to the film classics that influence my ideas about quote, romance, 
Example, the now cringeworthy swoon collapse and sweep up the staircase scene in Gone with the Wind. There's a vast pool of social and cultural conditioning that I've been swimming in my whole life. Oh, you think that's romantic? And now it's my no, job. No, 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 no. Cringe. Oh, if you think the woman should be swimming? It is now my job to swimming. drain that pool for my son. Oh, sorry, sorry, sorry. We're mixing. So, how did I ease into this? Oh no, I unwittingly jumped into the deep end when my teenager begged to watch Blade Runner. I'm sure your 13-year-old begged to watch a 40-year-old movie. We were mostly okay until the big seduction scene between Rachel and Decker, Sean Young and Harrison Ford, of course. There was no way to avoid it because as Decker shoves Rachel into a wall in what was clearly meant to be a display of force as passion, at one time, it probably looked hot. Now it's the kind of thing I need to be sure my son understands is not the way you treat women, ever. Surprised she didn't say we're mixing. Uh, imagine, uh, imagine we being a boy about it. raised by this woman. You haven't even, like before you even care about girls at all, she comes up, hey, how are you going to treat them? <laughs> look, there's a way to have that conversation, but it sounds like the way she's doing it is just this like ultra like, look, I know you're pure evil, son. Now listen, here's here's how you cannot be as evil as you're capable of. Like that's, I don't know, man. It's just like, okay, you know what? Maybe I like men, actually, mom. I don't know. We stopped the movie to talk about it. This gets even weirder. We started by asking him, what was wrong there? He was 13 and dealing with the normal kid embarrassment of having to watch a sex scene with his parents. <laughs> yeah, you freaks. <laughs> Plus, now no, we were making him, him talk about making it. him watch pornography but because we need to as with so many other scenarios, okay? we're not we're not creepy perverts at all. You're the weird ones reporting it out, McLean. You're the weird one. You're the weird one. But, as with so many other scenarios in parenting, I found that a calm, neutral demeanor helps to cut the anxiety. What kind of other scenarios are you getting into, I wonder? We weren't squeamy, squirmy or squeamish, so he relaxed enough to be able to analyze the scenario along with us. The Empire Strikes Back was a PG extension of this approach, and one we could use with our younger sons as well. Nine may seem a bit young to be addressing coercion and the use of force and sex. Yeah. Side note, that became a whole other conversation when the ads for the new Fifty Shades movie started running. Imagine if, if, if you just try to enjoy a movie in this house and mom's pausing every five seconds. Okay, now let's break down. Now, <laughs> now get out your notebook. Your nine-year-old. Now, what did you you're having a nine-year-old? <laughs> you're having a discussion with your nine-year-old son about the new Fifty Shades of Grey movie, huh? Okay. But it's definitely not at all too young to talk about respect. People love the Han and Leia kiss, but here's what happens. She tells him to stop, and he doesn't listen. It's a good illustration of paying attention to what someone says. We've long perpetuated the idea of romantic resistance, but in order to respect someone, you have to listen to them. End of discussion. I think what's really coming apparent here, pun intended apparent, is that she keeps bringing up these topic with topics with her way too young sons, and then maybe they start ask, asking about these issues that otherwise they would have absolutely no awareness of because she and apparently her husband are absolutely shoehorning these discussions into no, you're, every you're single totally facet of their lives. Their the only reason your daughter thought there was a song about date rape is because she won't stop talking about date rape. This is an obsession. It reminds me of like the parents of transgender kids where it's like, hey, my kid decided they're a, they're, they're a girl actually. Now why did they decide that? Is that because you told them from birth, hey, you might be a girl? Now, you, you think maybe applying maybe just a little bit of a seat there? I don't know, man. 
We've long perpetuated the idea of romantic resistance, but in order to respect someone, you have to listen to them. End of discussion. Movies have also given us the opportunity to talk about the need for sober consent. Thank you, mean girls and 10 things I hate about you. We've covered the inappropriateness of using shame or peer pressure as leverage. Unfortunately, this often masquerades as a joke. Ah, oh, come on, you know you want to. Which occurs in Beetlejuice, of all movies. <laughs> okay. Then there's the nice girls don't trope. Just think about how many movies portray the evil female as sexually bold, often dressed in a manner far more provocative than the good girl. In Ghostbusters, Dana, Sigourney Weaver, is buttoned up and in control of herself in her actions. When she becomes Zool, though, her clothing is provocative and she's sexually aggressive. At least Peter Vimkin, Bill Murray, acknowledges that she's not herself and refuses to accept her advances, despite the joke that he is strongly tempered. We need our children to understand that much of what we see on screen no longer fits with what we want them to know about the world. It's uh -huh. bewildering to hear one idea from parents and educators and to see something completely different modeled on screen. But we'll, when we talk about these discrepancies, pointing them out and explaining why they don't add up, they become an opportunity for clarity instead of confusion. The good news is that movies are changing. In Star Wars The Force Awakens, Finn continually seeks to protect Rey at their first meeting, which happens to take place when they're under attack from the First Order. She finally turns to him and snaps, Stop taking my hand. My nine-year-old was puzzled as to why she didn't want help. Who seems to need help here, I asked him. He said that Rey seemed to be doing fine, protecting herself. So why does she need Finn to do the job that she's actually accomplishing just fine, I asked him. He thought about that Mom, can I then just watch that in a fact, movie? I'm tired of this, please! I just want a break! Please, Mom! Ben seemed to be more in need of her assistance than the other way around. Exactly. Our movies reflect who we are, it seems, how we change, and that's absolutely worth the price of admission. I talked to my son about sex. Uh, my nine-year-old son I talked to about date rape. I brought up the conversation about date rape, with my nine-year-old son. Look, I can understand. Look, listen. I can understand like, wanting to have conversations with your kids about these subjects, uh, you know, as they come up. And, like, you know, it's, it's never too early. You know, never too young to teach them at least, at least some aspect of sex to, like, to, like, um, how do you put it? But my point is, look, there's, there's a way to have these conversations, but this lady just sounds like every single day she's just beating your kids over the head with this stuff. And it's like, lady, lady, let them be kids for crying out loud. Why do you feel the need to do this? You are so afraid that they're going to grow up to be like monsters or something that every possible second you have to hit them over the head with the hammer of, of now kids, what was wrong with this? Like, just back off, please. Her house just sounds like this this sterile, like, laboratory where everybody's, like, wearing these white lab coats and it's like, okay, Billy, now listen, we're going to watch this film and break it down. It's like, Mom, can I just play outside? Now, when you're playing outside, Billy, what forces are you inflicting on the things around you? Now, did you ask for that grass's consent to step on it? I don't believe you did. Now, listen. <laughs> Mom, no, please. Finally, stopping, stopping rape culture. Jake, what's the best way to watch Star Wars with kids? Chronological order? Storyteller order? What about the prequels, man? <laughs> These are questions I ask myself on a daily basis. I mean, any Star Wars fan worth his mitochlorians can't wait for the day he can sit down and introduce his kids to a galaxy far, far away. 
So you wait for the day you're young. The only reason I'm going to have kids is so I can show them Star Wars, and then I'm going to immediately put them up for adoption after I've showed them Star Wars. Guys, if I could just borrow someone else's kids, and I'll show them Star Wars and give them back, okay? That's, that's, that moment. That that's what the antinatalists need to realize, is that these kids would be fine if they just could see Star Wars. Uh, so you wait for the day your young Padawans are able to experience and understand such an important piece of pop culture. But then that day comes. Ah, uh, this is the, the most important do so. thing they'll do in their lives. Start at Very the beginning? No, don't start at the beginning. Only follow Anakin? As with all things related to lightsabers and Kessel runs, there are a lot of theories. Okay, there are six. On the right way to experience the series. Some are simple, skip the prequels. Others are more complex, focus only on Anakin's storyline. All try to th create the ultimate Star Wars experience. But which maximizes your kids' experience? Keeping that in mind, here are our rankings of the best and worst way to introduce your kids to George Lucas's world. Note that for this list, we're only focusing on episodic movies in the series. That includes Phantom Menace, Attack of the... Oh my god. Huh. Well, let's see the... What's the worst way? What I wouldn't give, McLean, to experience watching Star Wars for the first time again. Now, you gotta watch this in the correct only. order. I'm always saddened by the thought that there's people that let their kids start with episode one. That's just, that's just a parenting failure right there. That's and, insane. And he's gonna remember these days. CPS he's should step in. He's gonna remember these days. Look like this two-year-old child. He's going to remember these days for the rest of his life. Hope the old man enjoys the movies and gets into the OT original trilogy. Wait a minute. <laughs> you can't include the I'm acronym in all this. This is... Look, we're nothing like those religious people. Now, the Old Testament here, when uh, with the original trilogy, we consider those texts sacred. All right. Now, let's the 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 prequels. Now, uh, the New Testament. Some people reject it. Some people keep it in the canon. I'm a little iffy on that. But you have the 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 the, um, the apocrypha, the the new trilogy. Okay, the. Uh, the newer movies. Now these, they are considered canon, but a lot of people like to include them in their Bible just because they add more content. Now the Catholic Church, they do like the new trilogy. They like the Ray and the Finn storyline, but the Protestants, they're a little more like, no, nah, we're just going to stick with the Old and New Testaments here. We don't want that apocrypha. And then there's you got the Jews only like the Old Testament. Jake, obviously, we know we're going to show our kids Star Wars, and we're going to settle on which, which order to do it so, but I think we need to realize why Star Wars is so important, which is, I think it's great to go to David G. Allen's article here for CNN, uh, Star Wars Revenge of the Myth, in which he talks about just how important these movies are. The way I feel about the Star Wars films is akin to religious fervor, speaking to something deeper in me than their cultural populism might suggest. The canon is deeply spiritual when one examines its themes, or more narrowly, the monk ninja Jedi way of life. McClane, it's also I... Abrahamic in its Old Testament dichotomy of good versus evil, dark side versus light. I'm not concerned with the order of the movies right now, McClane. My son is two, so I just hope he picks up the characters and has an appreciation for them. Now, when he gets older, I'll sit down with him and watch him properly. See, when the kid is young, you want to just teach them that, you know, God loves you. Like, that's the basic message for a two-year-old. And then when they get older, you introduce them to the more uh, rigorous theology as, as they grow up. You know, you teach them about Jesus, but then, you know, when, when like, high school age, it's like you really break down <laughs> the Old Testament and how that mattered, and you, you know. Jake? That's all well and good, but I think you're you're not really understanding uh, yes. what's important here. Star Wars is my religion. Um, the mystical force alone is a transsensual concept rooted in ancient parallels, such as the Hindu prana, Hebrew ra, and Hawaiian mana in the queue of Chinese medicine and martial arts. 
I was born in 1973, which means I was four years old when Star Wars first came to theaters, neither too young nor too old to begin the training. Like baby chicks bonding with their mothers for survival, it was perhaps the perfect age to imprint Star Wars onto my psyche. My childhood was tumultuous in a way that was popular at the time. Divorce, moving a lot, single parent home, latchkey autonomy. And besides my mother, the only thing that was consistent, reliable, and affirmative throughout my youth was Star Wars, including the sequels at ages 7 and 10. The influence of the canon and its scholarly sources led in no small part to my being a philosophy major, <laughs> concentrating in comparative religion. My ally is Star Wars, and a powerful ally it is. Yes, Star Wars is overly commercial. Yes, it has pointlessly cute and coilingly goofy characters, Ewoks and Jar Jar respectively. And yes, it has been co-opted by everything and everybody to the ubiquitous edge of meaningless. And of course, the same is rigidly said of Christmas. And with its many secular traditions, cute and goofy red-nosed animals and chubby elves and a sleigh full of merchandise tie-ins. But underneath all that noise, there is the true meaning of Star Wars. The purpose of this epic is that it serves as a great spiritual myth. Myths are the collective storytelling of humans. For humans, all about the unique human condition, stretching back to the beginning of humankind. Life creates myth, makes it grow. Myth surrounds us, teaches us, binds us together as a species. And there are great mythic themes to which mankind keeps returning. Breaking away from the safety of home to challenge ourselves in transformative ways. Finding wise old teachers to lead us and give us the tools we need. Confronting and conquering our deepest fears. Staying righteous in the face of temptation. The tension of faith versus reason. The redemptive power of love, sacrifice, and loyalty. These are parables of Camelot, the Buddha, Native America folklore. I'm gonna be honest, McLean. I, I lost you a while back there. I had not been paying attention for the last Jake. 10 minutes. You're, I'm trying to explain why Star Wars is my religion. Literally. I am not speaking figuratively whatsoever. I mean this in the most literal sense. <laughs> there are the parables of Camelot, the Buddha, Native America folklore, the Bhagavad Gita, Goths Faust, the Torah, Grimm's fairy tales, Homer's epic, Gilgamesh, Jesus, and there are the mythic legends of Star Wars. In the seminal The Power of Myth, the premier scholar on the subject, Joseph Follow Your Bliss Campbell, said of George Lucas that he put the newest and most powerful spin on the classic hero's mythic journey. Lucas has acknowledged a deep debt to Campbell in his book The Hero with a Thousand Faces for the writing of the great space opera. Campbell identified Lucas's vital gift to his home planet, ancient stories repackaged in a powerful and contemporary way. The films are more than just exciting and enjoyable to watch. That's how they get you. McLean, but soulfully satisfying. You, but I would I would be remiss if I did not point out that over on Amazon.com you can buy a Funko Pop of a stormtrooper painted a rainbow flag color for Pride Month. Uh, no, you can't because they are out of stock. Cause I've already bought them all. So eleven ninety nine. Good luck with that. Brand new, free delivery, January twenty first. Jake, when fans say "May the Force be with you," it has some real meaning behind it. And those of us raised Catholic may also hear an echoed call and response. The Pride Pop Collection is a celebration of inclusivity and acceptance. Funko supports the LGBTQ plus community and rejects intolerance and discrimination. A donation gets made to the It Gets Better Project, an organization that will uplift, empower, and connect LGBTQ plus youth around the globe. Collect Jake, them all. 
I've sat through a lot of masses in my youth, and watched a lot of Star Wars, but as an adult, I only genuflect in the Jedi Temple. My generation, X, lucky to be born in this optimal Star Wars window of revelation, also famously reinvented the notion of cynicism. So I can appreciate a good dose of iconoclastic rejection of whatever is popular, even just for contradiction's sake. But Star Wars is not a dim, mainstream phenomenon worth rejecting. This isn't the dreck you're looking for. Choose something else from the long list of more worthy candidates of scorn. If you open yourself to the profound moments in the original film and its equally essential sequel, The Empire Strikes Back, it can be of great spiritual value. So between now and Christmas when the new film releases, let the Force awaken. And as they say, may it be with you. Always. Amen. Jake ignored most of that because he's a denier. <laughs> but I can safely say that that I'm is sorry. actually the you most... You the tears with that last bit. I'm sorry. That is the actual most <laughs> bad crap insane thing I've read on West Rose. Like, when I'm on my deathbed, I'm going to take great comfort in Star Wars Episode 3! The great spiritual value of Star Wars. Oh, man, I wish there were some comments on here. Jeez. Bullying is overlooked as a quality tool to affect behavioral change, McLean. What's that? I'm just saying, maybe bullying isn't all bad. <laughs> all right. Yeah, I think we should bully more people than liking Star Wars. I think if you don't like Star Wars, you're the weird one. Nerds yeah. are cool. Hey, Nerd, hey right there. there's nothing. There's nothing. There's there. There's nothing cooler than being nerdy and geeky, of which I am a bit of both. I'm a bit of a geek, Jake. I don't know if you knew that. Bit of a nerd. <laughs> Speaking of bullying, McLean, there was a guy who uploaded a video, and in 2002, he was this fat guy, and he was stumbling around in his like garage or something, wielding a. Uh, Something like a lightsaber. It's like, hey, look at me. I'm, I'm a Jedi. He was like stumbling around like 300 pounds, waving this thing. It looked like a total goof. Took off as an early meme. He was known as the Star Boys kid. And now, and then like 10, 20 years later, he came out and said, I was cyberbully so hard for that, guys. And I'm now again cyberbully. I was just looking at an article about that. It's like, man, I don't know. I, first of all, cyberbullying. Boo-hoo. Turn your computer off. Second of all, I don't know when a bunch of people are making fun of you for being a 300-pound dude stumbling around with a children's toy, acting out a little baby movie. Maybe you should change something about yourself. I don't know. A blazing hot take. Nowadays, of course, you're you're the weird one for you know telling him that he's he's weird. Like you, you're a jerk and a bigot, and you can't ever tell somebody that he if he wants to remain a perpetual child throughout his entire life, he has that right to do so, and you are a jerk. You're the one. You're are the weird one. You should just let people enjoy what they enjoy. Yeah. Jake, I think this episode of West Bros has come to its end. I think it has, mainly because you really lost me with those last few Star Wars things, and I'm just like, because... I'm... Well, you wouldn't be if you had paid attention and adopted the deep philosophical and spiritual guidelines uh, presented by the Star Wars films. You only have yourself to blame here, buddy. Yep, this is my religion, and I'm going to be a big fat I'm going to invest in NFTs. I'm 500 pounds. That's my money going to the NFTs. And uh, I'm going to show my kids Star Wars, be really proud, make sure my son doesn't grow up to be a rapist. 
And, uh, cause I, I've been able to accomplish this by clubbing him over the head with the moral hammer every five seconds just to make sure he doesn't become the rapist. Um, so yeah, I think my life's pretty good. I'm, I'm living my best life today, McLean. I love our culture. I love our society. Please, show me the newest Marvel movie. I will pay for it, even though it's the exact same movie as the last 12 movies I've seen, and they're all geared towards an audience of 12-year-olds. As an adult, this is about the level of comprehension that I have for movies anyway, so it doesn't really matter. So shovel more garbage to me. I'm Actually, they're great. PG-13, Jake, so... I'm doing great over here, McLean, buddy. So, you know, I'll be good. I'll be good. Alright, I'm gonna go, um, watch some more Star Wars so I can adopt uh, the Jedi-ness, says my new religion. Uh, not hyperbole, that is exactly what I mean. I love uh, Star this Wars digital Babylon. I've, I've, I've constructed my own world here so that I don't have to face the real one, quote-unquote real. I reject this concept that, oh, this has to be the real world. Why can't online be the real world? I don't like what God meant. God, I don't like your world. I substitute my own. I realize there's a lot of hubris and pride in that, and actually that's kind of, kind of, kind of the whole <clears throat> kind of the whole problem with mankind in general is that they reject God and substitute their own gods in his place, you know, the, the pride no. thing. Exactly why Satan got kicked out of heaven in the first place was because he wanted to be like God and reshape reality in his image. Spider-Man 5 just came out on the plane! Sorry, I gotta go to the theater! I gotta, sorry, I'll what? see you later! <laughs> Bye! Bye! I gotta go. I gotta go. One, I gotta go. Two, I gotta go. Three, four. Here we go now. Some say he rode in from a West Texas town where he gunned the local marshal down, but in truth he took the bus from Portland, Maine. They say his mother was a Cherokee queen and his father a Cajun from New Orleans, but no, his dad is Gary and his mom is Jane. He never killed a bar or wrestled with a crocodile. He never rescued 14 people from a raging fire. Well, he's just this doughy guy in sweatpants and a Star Wars shirt who works the third shift at the Best Buy in the Brookfield Mall. He's in charge of mice and keyboards. Room for staying in saddles. It's 36 years old. Room for staying in saddles. Once a four-hole chalupas in an hour. Some say his head is stainless steel, and instead of feet, he's got two wheels, and his butt cheeks each can lift a hundred pounds. But his bowels are packed with dynamite, and his ears are gold, and they're watertight, and his kneecaps are forged by dwarves who live underground. He's frankly getting pretty sick of all these misperceptions. He's starting to suspect that they're all being spread by Todd. Well, Todd's that little red-haired guy who used to work in shipping. He's probably mad cause Rufus spilled a Red Bull out of shoes. Todd, man. Rufus ain't his Wants Todd to go to hell. Rufus ain't his As DMD dies in a leather pouch Got a tattoo of Steve Jobs on his right arm His gecko is the truest friend he has He'll die alone and never know true love His mother wants him off a basement couch Her friends won't play bridge down there anymore They always have excuses not to come 